listening to Let There Be Light, a podcast where we shed light on difficult topics in the church today through history, science, theology, and our mutual love for Jesus. Hi, this is Sarah. And this is Marlene. And you're listening to Let There Be Light. Oh, that felt good to say again. We oh. are back on the road. Actually, we're not on the road. But no, not at all. We're very stationary at the moment. This has never been a traveling podcast. No, no, no. Neither a, social, um, a visual medium at all. So Still not a visual Sorry about medium. that. Yeah, no. We're a, little, uh, we're a little hot mess right now, especially me. We're uh, in the throes of allergy season here in Arizona. Oh, also yeah. Also monsoon season. Oh, yeah. There was so, a dust storm last night. So I woke up and I realized that in the night I had, in fact, perished, and this is my second life, <laughs> because I feel Welcome. like death. <laughs> We're already starting off on a miraculous note. <laughs> yeah, no, as the, uh, as the evangelicals would say, um, not today, Satan. So. Not today, <laughs> Satan. No. All right, if y'all are feeling hashtag blessed. Oh, <laughs> oh man. Okay, well, I'm going to... You guys are going to really enjoy listening to this this voice. Because um, I am going to lead us in the first episode of our series. Sarah, do you want to tell everyone the name? Yes. So I'm going to use my pronunciation. Oh, you do We've that. We've had a great debate about how this is pronounced. But this it, season... If you guys remember in previous seasons, our great debates on augustine and augustine, augustine yeah and pauline and pauline it is pauline i am correct we did find an answer on that however the debate on augustine still rages yeah but i'm still right but anyway fair continue. enough as you've probably seen through the instagrams and through the social medias social medias <laughs> this series is a special one we've never done anything like this before never and that's not just because we've only been here a year and a half no, no. it's very different from stuff that we've done previously and also very i don't know it fits us very well but we will be doing a series called eshet kyle or as marlene likes to pronounce it uh, as i like to pronounce it and i've heard rachel held evans pronounce it is eshet child but we also heard a native Hebrew speaker pronounced it, and neither of us had it right. Yeah. So, so we're going to try our best. It will be spelled correctly. You so. can hold this over our heads. Absolutely. We're Yeah. But no. we will be, um, Eshet Kyle translates to Women of Valor. Oh, yeah. And we will be discussing in each episode this series, minus a book review episode, uh, we will be discussing different women of valor in church history specifically. It It's really... I'm stoked, guys. This series is going to go so hard, guys. You won't believe the stuff that we found. No, not I'm at so all. Stoked. You won't believe it, but at the same time, like, you will believe it. Yes. Which is kind of sad. Yeah. I cannot wait. I can't wait to get into this. So, with today's episode, um, like I said earlier, I'm in charge of it. And it is, uh, as you probably saw from the title of this video, um, Last at the Cross and First at the Tomb. Ooh. So, mm-hmm. So we're going to be talking about the histories of the three women who um, were the last to leave Jesus at the cross and who visited him at the tomb on a really special day that history has come to know as Easter Sunday. So where we're starting in history is Jesus is still around, but he's not going to be around for much longer. Yeah, well, he was around for a while, like you said, and then this the, the histories of these women... Um, they go back to obviously before 
Jesus during his ministry and then what they did after um, his resurrection and then sent into, uh, what's it called? Heaven. (laughs) That one place. (laughs) That one place, heaven. Um, So naturally, I am talking about the three Marys, as um, church history has coined them. Excellent. So this is really exciting. Okay, so we have Mary, mother of Jesus, um, also known as Mary of Joseph. Um, and back in the, I was really confused when I first read this cause it just kind of ran, went over my head, like Mary of Joseph. I was, I wasn't familiar with the, like, what's it called? The naming customs back in the day. Mm. Um, I guess I've read a couple of commentaries now that that would be similar to like a, a wife taking her husband's name. Okay. Uh, cause back in the day it wasn't, they didn't have last names. It was just like Mary of, and then her father's name or Mary of her husband's name. So Mary of Joseph, I thought before knowing that meant there was a place called Joseph. Mary was mother of Jesus and she was a first century Galilean Jewish woman of Nazareth. Say that five times faster. I cannot. Okay, good. Uh, Good, 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 good. good. Um, She was, like I mentioned, the wife of Joseph, mother of Jesus. And both of the gospels of Matthew and Luke in the New Testament and the Quran describe Mary as a virgin. So we're pretty familiar with that story. Mary conceived Jesus through the Holy Spirit. And so uh, what I really liked about like researching Mary was, so I, a little backstory for me, my, both of my parents' sides family grew up rather Catholic. Mm. And so there was a, a lot of veneration for um, the Virgin Mary. It's a pretty big deal over there. Pretty big deal with those Catholics and then uh, Anglicans. But when I converted to like evangelicalism, when um, I was 19, and then before that, when we went to an evangelical church for a number of years, they really didn't talk about <laughs> Mary, Mother of Jesus, more than they had to. Like, Oh, yeah. Yeah, they were just very, I think, like, I've read a couple of commentaries where people have theorized as to why that is, and it's just like a separation from the Catholic Church that they're really trying to emphasize, and also because the whole saints thing with the... Yeah. Yes, that Protestant swing back of like, oh, yeah, the pendulum. you worshipped Mary and now we will not talk about her ever again. Yeah, like literally. Always the like, extremes with us. Especially um, fundamentalists I've read like really have a problem with referring to Mary as the mother of God. Mm. Yeah, it's like, well, physically and in reality, she did really give birth to Jesus. So she yeah. is the mother. But Denying her is a little problematic. Yeah, the, their reasoning was like, with the, usually the title of mother, it gives a status of wisdom or some would say like more importance than the child. And since Jesus was God, was Christ, you know, um, they don't really feel like giving her that title is appropriate because of the implications. But I was like, but like literally she was Jesus's mom. Yeah. Like also the Bible refers to her as such. Mm, mm-hmm. So, ooh, snaps, final snaps for Sarah. Final authority. <laughs> Scripture. Scripture. <laughs> Anyways. The second woman who was at the cross the last and the tomb first. <laughs> Keep doing that. The second woman we're going to discuss is Mary Salome. Not salami, like I keep wanting to say. So, Mary Salome. I'm just going to pronounce by the last names, some uh, like interchangeably, guys. Um, so, Salome was a follower of Jesus, and she briefly appears in the canonical gospels. So, like, canon, in case you guys don't know, like, what was actually made into the Bible. Um, and 
in pronounce that for me, Sarah? Apocryphal. Apocryphal. See, I knew that. I was just like apocryphal, apocryphal writings. <laughs> and yeah. as a refresher, and you're probably going to get into this, I'm going to talk about this more in a future episode. Yes, she but is. The apocryphal writings are writings that we have from the time, but we cannot be sure of their authenticity. So we have them, but they're usually not put in or nor were they included back in the early church as part of the actual canon of scripture. Yes. So they're available to read, but we do not know exactly where they came from or if they were truly inspired scripture or just somebody else's writing. So they're known as apocryphal. Yeah. Salome is named by Mark as present as the crucifixion. So that's how we know that she's there. That's in the Gospels. And as one of the women who found Jesus's tomb empty. So interpretation has like further identified her with other women who are mentioned but not named in the canonical Gospels. So like she was always kind of around, even if she wasn't explicitly named because of what we know about her and her role in the ministry. But in particular, she's often identified as the wife of Zebedee (laughs) and the mother of James and John, two of the 12 apostles. So like her sons were all in the mix and so was her husband. Mm. And so it was like a whole family affair, which is pretty cool. That's cool. Like a family of missionaries. Yeah. So in medieval tradition, Salome, so as Mary Salome, was counted as one of the three Marys who were daughters of St. Anne. So making her the sister or half-sister of Mary, mother of Jesus. Interesting. Yeah. So St. Anne was Mary's mom, and then, like, Mary, mother of Jesus. And then Salome was also St. Anne's daughter. Which is, like, it's so funny. Like Hebrew tradition, looking back, you're like, why would you name all of your kids the same name? Like, you just call them by their middle names at that point. Like, she's literally Salome. So that's like, there. that's basically an overview of what we know of, of Salome. Um, there's not a ton, like what Sarah said, there's, say the word again for me. Apocryphal. Apocryphal. I want to say apo every time. <laughs> Apocryphal writing. So there's a lot of that out there. I'm not going to get into a ton of that in this particular episode. Um, but there's there's a lot more information about her if you guys want to delve deep into that. Which brings us to the third and final Mary, who, in my opinion, is probably just as famous as Mary, mother of Jesus. We are talking about none other than Mary Magdalene. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. So, from what we know about Mary, she shows up in the New Testament as Mary of Magdala, which is her hometown, which is where I thought, you know, Mary of Joseph came into. And I'm assuming that's because she's not married. This is correct. This is correct, Sarah. Um, (laughs) So, Mary was a leading figure among the followers of Jesus, and she financially supported Jesus' ministry. So, she was a single wealthy woman, man. We love that that? for her. Dude, yes. We love that for her. Go off. Okay. (laughs) From from other early texts, uh, from other texts of the early Christian era ish, I like the word era. Era. It seems that her status as quote like an apostle in the years after Jesus' death rivaled even that of Peter. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. Interesting. And she never denied him three times. Anyway, um, we have. <laughs> Are we shading Peter so uh, many years after sh- he's dead? We can shade Peter all that all the hell I want. Excellent. Um, no, I identify with Peter. He's a bonehead. I'm a bonehead. It's okay. <laughs> Solidarity. <laughs> Solidarity. Um, we really only have like very few 
hints, pointers at Mary Magdalene's life before she followed Jesus. And that was when he casted out seven, seven, or there's probably more because seven was kind of like the final number back in the day. So it could probably mean infinite in some translations, um, demons out of her. And um, as Luke um, 8, 1 through 3 says, Mary Magdalene does have a complete turnaround of her life, okay? And she basically does what Jesus says, like sell all your things, whatever, and follows Jesus for the rest of his life, for the rest of her life, basically. Um, And just a little side note, y'all, we're not going to get into it no. <laughs> this episode. We do not have the time. We do not have the time. But there is no record in all of scripture that points to Mary Magdalene ever being a prostitute. I don't think we have any historical None. evidence either at all from the early It's only church. after the fact with mistranslations and people claiming as fact. But there's nothing. Nothing. Period. Period. <laughs> Period. Okay. So when let's let let's so we have a little background on all three of the Marys now. So let's get into a little bit about why one Sunday in their life was so important that it changed all of history Mm. so when the men in jesus's company abandoned him in the hour of mortal danger mary of magdala was one of the women who stayed with him even to the crucifixion Mm. so she along with the other marys were all present at the tomb but mary magdalene was the first person to whom jesus appeared after his resurrection and she was the first to preach the good news the gospel of that miracle and she she was a woman Okay, super, super important. So scripture that shows us this, you know, Matthew 28, when an angel tells Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to tell the disciples that Jesus rose from the dead. Mark 16, an angel tells Mary Magdalene that he has risen and to tell the other disciples that Jesus is alive again. Hallelujah. 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 Um, Luke 24, they were the first witnesses to the risen Christ, Mary Magdalene, Mary, and Salome, and uh, they were told to tell the other disciples. And John 21, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb by herself to find that the body had left the tomb. Jesus would appear to her and ask, woman, why are you weeping? And he would commission her to tell the other disciples. Mm-hmm. So with there are various different accounts with the different gospels, which we see throughout scripture, like Mark will say there was more than one person, and John will say there was one person. Yeah. But all in all, the main thread they have through it all is that Mary Magdalene was the first one who saw Jesus. Yeah. And she was the first to preach the good news of the gospel. Which I believe, Sarah, you have an excerpt from that passage in John that you'd like to read, right? Yes. So this is John twenty twelve through 18. And it goes something like this. <laughs> And she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had lain, one at the head and one at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father, but go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. 
Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord, and that he had said these things to her. Thanks for reading that, Sarah. Appreciate you. Heck yeah. Now I'm going to put you on the spot. Good. Okay. I want, I want, you, I want you to create a picture in your mind for me. A picture. A picture. A picture. Okay? About how the patriarchal first century Jewish society must have been for women. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a tough one. Yeah, because in the first century Israel, women, woman, were not allowed to testify in a court of law. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Mm-hmm. No, nor should they. No, no, nor should they. I mean, really, those uh, women. Um, good old men were not allowed to even greet women in public you know, on the street. Of, fair enough. On the, imagine just, you're just strolling down the streets of Jerusalem. You see your neighbor. You see Patty. You're just like, you want to say hi, Patty, but you know you can't because it's not freaking allowed? That's that's extra. That was extra. Very interesting. And, this is interesting, some Jewish writers, including Philo, Philo, (laughs) (laughs) even wrote that a woman should never leave the home except to go to the synagogue. We should never have to see them. We should never have to be in their presence. So really nothing much has changed. Ah. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. So with all of this in mind, just imagine how hard it would have been for a Jewish man, okay, to believe a woman, Mary Magdalene, saying that this Jesus guy had come back from the dead. Also a bold move on Jesus's part. Uh-huh. We're going like, to get to that. Oh. But like... One, no one, no one really ever came back from the dead, unless you want to count Lazarus. Right. This, of all claims for a woman to come back with, this was a pretty tough one. Yeah. Not only like is this is so crazy because it just goes to show like my favorite thing about Jesus, and there are many, is that he always just throws things around, puts them on their head. You know, he always does things a little bit backwards, a lot of bit backwards, because not only did he meet with women in public. Okay, but he chose women to be witnesses to the greatest miracle of all time, him rising from the dead. He chose women who were deemed by society as not even trustworthy to testify in a court of law. Okay, he chose them as his most important witnesses, and he commissioned women's voices to be heard in the resurrection of Christ. Bro. Bro. That's pretty solid. Seriously. That's revolutionary. In fact, if the gospel writers wanted to make up the story of Jesus as make-believe, they would not have chosen women as the first witnesses to the resurrection. No way. No way. Instead, the gospel writers would probably have, you know, made up some sort of, like, well-known, like, Jewish man in the community um, to be the witness instead, especially if they were to cater to first and second century churches. So, like, if they were obeying, like, the misogynist tendencies of society in those days. So it probably would have been, like, Joseph of Arimathea, who's recorded in scripture of being a rich man whose plot he gave to Jesus. Oh, for sure. So if we were making this up, they would have been like, hey, him, a prominent Pharisee, maybe a Roman official... Yep. And that's, uh, I'll get into that in a moment too, because his choice of Mary Magdalene as the spokesperson for his greatest deed should not be ignored. Mm -mm. 
a lot when I was like younger and I was discussing it with David. My David's my older brother. What's up, bro? Shut up. Yeah. Um, he was kind of geeking out, rightfully so, about this because it's such a fantastic thing to see someone rise from the dead. I've never seen it. I don't know if you, Sarah. Uh, not currently. Yeah, not, not currently. Recently. No, not really. No. So the fact that it's that important and it's being relayed to women who, yeah, anybody in society, but in this case women, who are not taken seriously, that's crazy. It really speaks to how Jesus valued women as Yes, well. because throughout all of scripture, there is not one example where Jesus devalues women and overvalues men or vice versa. Mm. He treats them absolutely equal. So this really, it has profound implications for the role of women in the church. And for the, you knew where I was going with this, ordination of women as pastors. Oh, fascinating. Because the first person, we could go into this, guys. We can make like a a little side tangent here. But the first person to ever preach the gospel was a woman. And Jesus presented himself to this woman he could have done it to Peter, you know, on this rock, I will build my church. Sweet. Yeah, go, man. Or the disciple who Jesus loved. Shout out John. It's John, right? It's John. Yes. Yeah, okay, cool. He could have talked to James or, you know, that one guy, Thomas. But nay, Sarah. Nay. nay. <laughs> he Hold on, I gotta woman. be a dissenter in the background. That can't be real. That, that's heresy. Get these women off the internet. No. Her prominence, Mary's prominence, and role in Jesus' ministry cannot be questioned. Okay, people people really have, I've witnessed it, kind of watered down her significance. And no, no church should make women not feel included, and many churches do, especially since Jesus did not. Right. Mm-hmm. His precedent is entirely different from much of the example that would then follow for many, 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 many hundreds of years. Yeah, it's like people looked at, in my little side note here, but I feel like from all the research that I've done in the last few years in my own deconstruction journey, people really did look at scripture and look what Jesus did and said, oh, thanks for the guidelines, bro, but we'll take it from here. Yeah, it's true, though. And I mean, we do that in more we than do one that. way with lots of stuff. Like I said, no church should make women not feel included, especially since Jesus did not. Um, But in this day and age, like we said, it's up to us to seriously reconsider what we think a woman's role in the church should be. And, you know, to lay down our own biases, our own cultural lenses that we see the world in, and really embrace what Jesus would have done. Amen. This sets a, an, an amazing precedent that we'll be going over the rest of the season of women's involvement in this new thing called Christianity. <laughs> this new thing called the church. Yes. <laughs> and it's really, really astonishing. It's, it's tremendous. It is. It is Outstanding. super tremendous. Let's just get us like all these other spectacular. And it started at a tomb. Started at a cross. Started at a cross was solidified at the tomb. Ooh, amen. Amen. Yeah, so that wraps up our, our first episode of the season. Sorry for being so uh, weirdly sounding. <laughs> you know what? The devil worked hard. You know, mm, but, but we have, I don't know if we've worked harder, but we've managed anyways. <laughs> we, 
<laughs> we just chugged along. We chugged along. In the, in the, in the face of uh, evil. <laughs> well, stick around with us for oh, yeah. our next episode. Well, where we'll... <laughs> Sniff, sorry. Where <laughs> we will be going over a pastor. A deacon. And an apostle. Stay tuned, folks. Stay tuned. And there, there was, was light. light.